Hey, thanks for stopping by. Remember to follow The Gilded Cast on Instagram. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other platforms. And don't forget to rate it and review it. This week, I'd like you to meet Alexa Aviles, candidate for District 38 of the New York City Council in 2021. Here's what we talked about. Good morning. Hola, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for um, taking the time to speak with me here on the Gilded Cast. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for the invitation. And Alexa, um, before I get into the whole interview, mm -hmm. what are you listening to these days? What kind of music are you into these days? What's helping Ooh. you on the campaign trail? Oh, what's helping me on uh, Janelle Monet is Janelle like my, Monet. she's she's my go-to these days um and particularly her uh uh turntable song um uh, it's just fire it's like it's now it's happening she she hypes me up when i'm needing some extra pep and needing some fight janelle will do that janelle does do that but no she's uh she's amazing she's creative she's smart um you know, she's just forward leaning on. So she's, yeah. she's um, great to listen to. As you know, I start all my interviews this way and not one person has repeated uh, an artist. It's always something new. I think you can, you can do a good compilation of like all the incredible artists and music that, that are, that's hyping people and giving them life these days. I have I have a huge collection of, of music I listen to. It's everything from like, you know, Boogaloo to, you know, right. Merengue to, you know, KRS-One. Like, <laughs> I have it all. I play it all. <laughs> so there's so many talented women running this cycle. Yeah. Many others were advocates and are definitely part of this political New York sphere. And that's that's you. You are a longtime advocate. You're no stranger to New York City politics and yeah. to addressing the issues in our city that existed long before COVID. Right. You are running in a district, District 38, um, yeah. where there's like a confluence of all these issues. District 38 is a, a huge immigrant community. That's right. Um, and so many different, of so many different nationalities. Um, yeah. You have a huge, huge Chinese American population. Mm -hmm. You have a huge Latin American, Latino population. Um, mm -hmm. And because of that, so many issues intersect. Um, there's, there's housing issues that intersect. There are transit and transportation issues that intersect. I'm thinking particularly the e-bike issues, uh, because mm, so much of that community yeah. depends on depended on the the legalization of e-bike use for delivery. Yeah, um, absolutely. And there are unfortunately a lot of hit and runs also in your community. What what issues are you addressing head on? that affect yeah. the immigrant community. Our district is incredibly diverse. 
majority Latino, um, long-standing Boricua community that's been here for many decades, Mexican, American folks that have been here for many decades, and certainly new new arrivals from Central and um, South America, growing population, but predominantly Latino, followed by our Chinese community, which is quite large as well, um, a large Fujianese community within that, um, followed by, uh, we have a long-standing Arabic community that's been here that's for great. many decades. And, you know, the beauty, uh, you know, early generations of, of families that have been here, you know, it was a Norwegian community at one point and, and still has many people that still live here. We're working waterfront. So, um, you know, it's always been kind of a working class neighborhood um and uh it has it, it is facing this confluence of challenges right of um inequities everywhere and working class and decades of like working class folks being left behind um and you know kind of just the compounding challenges right of not getting sufficient services right having having decades of not great representation um and fight for those services that the community needs. We're fighting for survival right now, right? We're fighting to make sure that people get food, that they're housed, that they have the things that they need, that they, they, they're safe. Um, they have access to healthcare. Like this is like real basic, right? We're fighting for survival. Our needs are broad, um, you know, education is struggling, jobs are struggling, housing is a crisis across the city. Um, you know, our immigrant community members, hopefully under a different federal administration, while some of those policies will hopefully end, you know, there's still a lot of work to do. We wanna, we wanna get folks the right to vote um, here in the city. We wanna make sure there are services that are appropriate um, to have all these women running from across the city with real progressive values and really wanting to throw down for their communities and be bold about it. Um, and, and I think uh, it's an incredible opportunity. What are you doing in the meantime to um, alleviate some of the additional or the added struggle or hardship that people are facing during this time? Gosh, that looks, that looks, uh many different ways right it's everything from uh responding to the very mundane and getting people like connected to like basic supports right from the individual phone calls like so i get senior citizens calling and you know you necesito like you know this or i need to talk to that so like it, it goes from the very basic of just connecting people to the resources um that they need it looks like a lot of different things and we're doing all the time and just trying to figure out how to respond um, and, and how to knit together. Our community has so many incredible leaders and assets and everybody's working really hard. Um, and it, it really is a matter of coordination um, because there are limited resources, right? And we also wanna support each other because it's, it's easy to get burnt out in this work when you're holding your family, you're holding your community and um, the needs are so great. How has um, your time in advocacy prepare you for this run? 
I think my career and my life experience, I think, together have really helped to prepare me uh, for this council run. And, and I'll tell you the ways. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in East New York, Brooklyn, uh, from a single mom who was an amazing luchadora. Um, and, uh, you know, she, she instilled love and grit and a real value of collective responsibility to my community that, you know, really influenced really my whole career path. Um, it's always been about giving back to the community and improving the lives of our community members, right? Um, so with those, with kind of those values and commitment and pride and love, right? Because you can't commit to social justice and improvement of people without love, right? So grounded in that love and that values, um, my career path and advocacy has always been connected to all the different ways that I could use my own skill um, to help build bridges. It's always been about connecting and leveraging resources back to the community. And so in social justice philanthropy, whether it's, you know, funding movements, right, that are going to change policy, change budget, budgeting, that's really going to kind of speak truth to power and bring people to the table that they are often uh, not welcome to, or the table's not meant for, or building our own table my entire career. So it really is being able to navigate different interests in the world, being able to navigate policy, navigating budgeting and finance, which is really critical. I think collectively with the experience and where I come from and and who's my center is really all that prepares me um, for the city council run. And I didn't always see that. I always, you know, I think I, I struggled with maybe I don't have enough of this or enough of that. Um, and I think in community, many people said, what are you talking about? Like, you have, you have the center, you have the commitment, and that's what we want. We want someone who's truly committed to our community who's not using politics as a roadway to their personal ambition, um, but who really wants to fight for our folks. And, uh, I, you know, with all that encouragement and reflection, uh, here we are. I love a story about, right, the, um, you know, the Im your immigrant background or, I mean, the, the immigrant background of your community and how you talk about your mom being a luchadora, which I'm sure she has definitely passed on to you. I think being an, a first generation American, like the one mm -hmm. English speaking person in your family, even if you're a child, like that automatically makes you an organizer because you have to then advocate for everyone else and make yeah. sure that everyone's got what they need um, because yeah. you're the only one who speaks English. My mom was actually born in the Lower East Side. Um, mm -hmm. My dad is Boricua. So my story is not about, I didn't have the burden that so many of our families of having to translate at such a young age, mm -hmm. but I know that really well, right? I mean, I, mm -hmm. part of the, my, my education advocacy has been around language justice and the fact that, you know, Today, we have schools where we still have this dynamic of like 10-year-olds translating legal documents for families. It's absurd. But, you know, the, I think the struggle, the struggle for us became as, you know, 
as the many first, right? The first to go to college where familia didn't understand that you're not a lawyer. Like they, they thought my college, because I went to college that I was a lawyer, a doctor, a, you know, world right. health, medical, whatever issue our family was facing, right? Somehow Alexa knew how to solve it because I went to college and college, you know, right. college does that to you. I think that experience of being the first you know, in our families to do things and, and to help our families navigate, right, all these systems and all the trap doors that are built into these systems for our people, um, you know, I think really puts us in a different place. And so, yes, like, I think we're kind of natural organizers, we're natural responders, but it's, it's definitely a role I think we've all kind of um, fell into. Um, right. And in some ways relish, right? I, I, I do feel the privilege and um, opportunity, right? And responsibility that because mm-hmm. I have access to language and this educational mm-hmm. training mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that, that I, I use that to support our community. I've enjoyed everything you've, you've shared so far um, about your campaign and the energy around it. But tell us, what are you fighting for? I'm fighting for my immigrant neighbors. I'm fighting for my children, right? The children of the district. Um, you know, I think as a, as a as a mom, right? Like those, it's it's them and the seven generations, right? It's like how do we create conditions that we are going to leave them a whole planet and opportunity to thrive? Um, you know, I'm fighting for the working class folks that keep getting screwed. <laughs> Or, or who feel invisible and are not being paid attention to. Um, I'm fighting for the little girls who told, who are told they're not enough, and they're receiving that message um, from all different places um, to tell them that they are and they can. And it doesn't matter what they look like and how they talk. Um, as if they stand in their authentic self, um, they have power and they can make a change. Um, you know, I think all those things for our community to get a fair share, to get the things that they need to thrive. Um, and and those are those are definitely the things that uh, inspire my fight. Well, thank you so much, Alexa, for taking Aww. the time to speak with me, taking time out of the campaign trail, away from phone banking and connecting with voters um, to speak with me. No, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for for doing this. I look forward to talking soon.